What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Breslin Breakdown Podcast, your one-stop shot for all things Michigan State women's basketball here at Impact 89 FM. I'm your host, Zach Sardenic, joined by my co-hosts, Owen Ozas, Manit Patel, and Darren Baydoon. Guys, Michigan State, what a week in Indianapolis in the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament. And now we've got NCAA tournament stuff to talk about. First off, how are you guys doing on this fine time? March Madness back. How are we feeling? Excited. We're recording this on Thursday, March 18th at about 10, 15 in the morning. First four games for the men's tournament starting up tonight, Michigan State playing against UCLA. By the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be Friday morning. So Michigan State will have already either beaten UCLA or lost by 45. And we will kind of get into this. Uh, Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis, Michigan State coming back in the second half to avoid an upset against Penn State. That looked like they were going to go home really early in that tournament. And then they were able to finish off Penn State. Maddie Burke was red hot from three in that first half for the Nittany Lions. Nia Cloud exploding in the second half to defeat Indiana. And the Spartans falling to Caitlin Clark and Iowa in the semifinals with Maryland picking up the win over the Hawkeyes in the championship guys just give Sonic kind of some initial thoughts from that tournament and what you guys saw and what you think it'll mean for Michigan state. Well, the like, one, oh, go ahead, Darren. All right. Thanks, um, the one thing I think I saw is that, you know, going throughout this whole season, we talked about Michigan state's capability to play up to the best teams in the big 10, which is, you know, norm, which is both for men for both for the men's and women's leagues you know, one of, if not the most, you know, one of, if not the deepest leagues in all of college basketball. And the one thing that what happened during the tourney is that they showed me is that, you know, they have what they says. You, you go and you beat Indiana, which I, based on just the way they had played, which for the whole season, they had pretty much been all the teams they should beat and lost all the teams they should have lost coming out and being in the air like that. I was, I was a little shocked. I was a little, I was a little shocked just by just in the fact that it was just like, wow, like this team, this team can actually do it. And, you know, it makes me think that they might, you know, I mean, you don't know. I mean, because of that, they, they, they weren't in danger of missing the tourney if they didn't win a game of the Big Ten tournament, probably. But show, but obviously this only makes it that much seem more like the Spartan, like they could be a legitimate upset threat. And it's something where I think that, you know, being able to come at and being able to come on and have that kind of show in the Big Ten tournament can show like, yeah, maybe this team could, maybe this team can steal a game or two. Maybe they can make a little mini run. So, it, and I just, you know, I just thought it was, it was, you know, a little surprising just by the how well they played overall and how they were able to beat a team like Indiana. But, um, you know, it was just a pleasant surprise because, you know, they really did show like, yeah, we can do that. We can beat, beat we, we can, we are capable of beating these kind of teams. Yeah, like what Darren was saying, you know, I really thought they established momentum for themselves going into the tournament, got two big wins um, going into it. And like he said, they beat a ranked team, which is something they've struggled to do all year. So that's going to bode well for if they win the first round game, you have a second seed most likely that you're going to end up playing. And that's a big game. So you get all the momentum you can get. It was a lot of fun being in an indie. Um, I thought for the longest time that like uh, Zach said in that first half against Penn state, I was like, Oh no, I guess, guess we're going home after this one and then they pulled it out the second half was one of their best halves of the season I was super impressed 
And then, of course, they ran into Indiana, which you're basically playing an away game at the Big Ten tournament. There were so many Indiana fans. It was such a cool environment to call. And then that first half, even though they went to the locker room, I forget the exact score, how much they were down by, but it was still close. But it really just felt like momentum was on Indiana's side the entire first half. I talked to Bobby and Zach at halftime. And Nia Clown had three points. Uh, but then she said, I'm going to take over this game. And Michigan State just came out and they played their hearts out, out in that second half. It was super impressive. And then they were able to play Iowa. Unfortunately, they weren't able to beat them. But Caitlin Clark kind of just took over that game in the second half. But Eliza Winston also, she blossomed into a star this season. We saw that in the second half and first half against Penn State when she was hitting those corner threes. I believe it was 28 points she had. Not exactly sure if that's the correct number. But she was fantastic. I think she's really proved herself. But if – um, Julia Aral and Eliza, I mean, and Tori Osmond, which she's not going to be playing, but if those two girls aren't playing for Michigan state, those are just killers for them in the big, uh, for, in March madness. Yeah. One of the things, Oh, go ahead, Zach. I don't know that it's a first year deal that Tori Osmond's not playing though. That's kind of where I'm at. We don't know. We don't have any updates on that. She went down against Indiana in the final minute of that game, was in a walking boot for the game against Iowa. But honestly, I would not be surprised if Tori Osmond plays. I don't, like I said, I don't have any information on that to back up that claim. But I think that the injury looked worse when she went down than it was, being that she was just kind of walking around in a walking boot on her own power on Saturday for that or Friday for that game against Iowa. And so I think that she might be able to come back. I would think that hopefully for the Spartans, Julia Aralt can be back by their game on Monday. It will have been just over three weeks since her original head injury, but with head injuries, those are weird. So you don't really know exactly when she's going to be back, but that's definitely something to watch for the Spartans going into the tournament. Tori had um, crutches and a walking boot. I just want to, because I saw her in warm-ups and she was leaning yeah, she on had the crutches. crutches for a little bit. And then during the game, when she was getting up okay. for huddles, she was walking without the crutches, but we'll see. I'm not really sure. I don't have any uh, actual information on that. And I don't like to speculate on things, but I think that Michigan state could definitely use her. It would provide a boost. Yeah. Speaking to what Owen said about Winston, you know, her stepping up throughout like, the season and towards the tournament and towards the end of the tournament was big. They needed a second score at the end of the regular season. There was a stretch where Nia Cloud and Winston both weren't hitting their shots. And to see them do that in the tournament was big for the Spartans and it will be big going into the tournament. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Nia Cloud and showed, you know, I mean, for the whole season, she had been that kind of player for state, but you know, toward the end she was, she had kind of struggled with in terms of maintaining that efficiency and didn't have had some of her, you know, worst performances of the season, but no, they came, they both came back alive and no, Nia, I mean, she just showed, you know, even in the lost Iowa, I mean, she just, again, she just showed what she's fully capable of, why she's, you know, an all big 10 member. And that's just, you know, that, have, that, that's the big thing. Obviously you talk about, you know, so many, you know, guard play for either for, you know, for just college basketball in general is often so important 
for teams to be able to really have a chance to uh, to make a run. And, you know, State has that. You have, you know, legitimate shot makers in, in Cloud and Winston. And when they're on, they're, you know, they can make State a very tough team to contend with. So that's going to be something that, you know, could, you know, help them in terms of if they were to, you know, steal a game here or there. Yeah, Nia Clown's definitely someone that should deserve preseason honors going into next season. And she could honestly steal an All-American spot too if she keeps playing the way she is and gets even better over the offseason. We will see. But now going into the NCAA tournament talk, the Spartans drawing a 10 seed. They'll face off with Iowa State. Big game for the Spartans. Just to kind of quickly, before we jump into Michigan State's matchups, to kind of go through the rest of the Big Ten seeds, Maryland, a two-seed against Mount St. Mary's. They looked mighty dangerous in Indianapolis. Indiana, a four-seed versus VCU. Iowa, a five-seed versus Central Michigan. Rutgers, six-seed versus BYU. Michigan, a six-seed versus Florida Gulf Coast. And Northwestern, a very dangerous seven-seed facing off against Central Florida. First, if you guys just want to, we can kind of dive into MSU's matchup, and then we can give a couple things on some of those other Big Ten teams. But Michigan State facing Iowa State in the 7-10 game of the Mercado region. Um, I'll go first. I think um, Michigan State – well, one thing I want to say quickly, Kendall Bostic in that Iowa game was fantastic. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to seeing her next year. I think she's going to step up and just have a lot more playing time as well. I know she was a freshman this year, but at times she really shined. But um, just filling in for that injured Julia Ara and whatnot for Michigan State. But this Iowa game, I just I don't see them winning it. If I'm being honest, that's my prediction. But if they do then um, you're going to run into Texas A&M, the number two seed. And that's just, I don't see any way that they're going to beat them. But I mean, Iowa state is definitely a solid team. They've had like close losses, overtime loss to Texas. Um, They've lost to Baylor as well. They've lost to um, number 17, West Virginia. They've also beat um, Baylor once, but just looking around the schedule, they haven't beaten um, many ranked teams. So it's, I would say it's a, uh, it's a pretty even matchup, but I still don't think Michigan State can win this game. Yeah, I think it's going to come down mainly to the, the, the secondary scores. Obviously, you know what you're going to get from Nia Clown, Michigan State. You know you're going to get from Ashley Jones, from Ashley Jones for, uh, for Iowa State, averaging, you know, nearly 24 points a game, nine rebounds, you know, certainly doing their part. It's gonna you know, for me. It's gonna come down to which supporting cast does better. Which because other than that, neither Iowa State or Michigan State has like big time scores. Other than that, like let's uh, Lexi Dornarski is the lead is the second lead scorer for for Iowa State with you know just under thirteen points a game. They have good shooters. Um, you know, good, you know, play, you know. Obviously, they're a seventh seed, so you know it's it's a match. You know, it's a decent matchup. But yeah, I think if I had to go, if I had to go, I think I'll agree with Owen. I think I I think this could be a close game, but um, I think that. Probably, if you know, the one thing about Michigan State is that, you know, too often this season, you know, whether, you know, Nia Clowden or whoever it's been able to be is, you know, you'll you'll have one standout scoring performance, but so many other, so much of the other supporting cast hasn't been able to step up and be able to, you know, give what they're needed in order for them to have a chance in games. So if I had to go, if I had to go with it, I, I'll probably take 
Iowa State. I will not be shocked if Michigan State can win. Obviously, you know, they're showing the Big Ten tournament, you know, kind of reaffirm my belief that, like, yeah, this team actually is capable of, like, making a run. Could, you know, is def, you know definitely has with them to beat good teams, to, to be actually really good teams. Um, but I think I'll take I'll take Iowa State by a slim margin. But um, and I, although I won't be shocked if the Spartans can uh, pull the 10-7 upset. Oh, yeah, I think I think, you know, like Darren said, it's going to come down to which supporting cast performs better in terms of which like who supports the leading score better. And for Michigan State, I think the biggest part of the supporting cast is going to be the interior rotation with um, the bigger big guys down low, you know, whoever steps up and whether or not Susie Merchant can find consistency throughout the game in that rotation is going to be big. So if they can establish that early and then carry it throughout the game, I think they'll win. But if not, they'll fall apart down low. I think I've become our resident optimist here on the Breslin Breakdown podcast. I think Michigan State beats Iowa State. Um I think the Big Ten is really deep this year. The Spartans were battle-tested with all of this stuff. And I really like what I saw from a lot of the supporting cast in Indianapolis, especially early in these games when Nia Cloudon wasn't playing that well. I think that you've got Julia Ayralt most likely coming back, hopefully, for the Spartans. And she will provide a boost for the Michigan State. Kendall Bostic was, as Owen mentioned, phenomenal against Iowa. She had 13 points, played by far her best game. The Spartans also have been playing well defensively as of late outside of in the post. The post is where Michigan State, Caitlin Clark had an okay game for Iowa. She wasn't great. Michigan State got beat because they let Monica Sinano get to her right hand every time down the floor. And it killed the Spartans in that semifinal game. If the Spartans are able to force Iowa State away from those spots inside and the interior defense is strong, Defense travels, and if the Spartans are able to do that on the road, as they have been a lot of the time this season, but against Monica Sinano and against Nas Hillman, they haven't been able to do that. If they can do that down in San Antonio, I think they can beat Iowa State, and that is my prediction there. You guys have any predictions on any of the other Big Ten teams that you see, somebody that should be a – Prime for a deep run or uh, sleeper teams, anything like that? I think I think Iowa would be a fun sleeper. Same thing with Michigan. Um, I think Michigan's a little bit underseeded going in. They're a six seed. I would have seen them more four through or four or five seed. Um, but I think like if Iowa plays the way they played against Michigan State, where Cesano is going and Caitlin Clark is going and like they're just playing really well across the board. I think they can make a run and same thing with Michigan. If Nas Hillman, her supporting cast picks it up, they'll make a run too. Um, Maryland could be a fun final four pick too. Um, just because of how dominant they've been. And especially we saw that in the big 10 tournament in their semi game when they absolutely murdered Northwestern. Did you guys fill out uh, women's tournament brackets? I know you guys were talking about how we hadn't filled out any of the men's one. I filled out a women's one. I'll give my uh, pick away. I have Maryland in the title game in this team. They're so strong. They This is a Maryland team 
that looked as impressive as any team I've seen play in person this season. And then they added Angel Reese back. When they played in East Lansing at one of the best games I've seen in a while, Michigan State and Maryland 93-87 was the final score of that game, and it was a blast to call. And Maryland didn't even have Angel Reese, who was the number two ranked freshman in the country, I believe, coming into this year, a five-star recruit. And she was out for both Michigan State games, including the one where Maryland beat Michigan State by 40. And now she's back. I just, I don't see many teams that are going to be able to beat them. Now, I don't have Maryland winning the title, but I don't really see many teams that are going to be able to beat that Maryland squad. They are so loaded. Yeah, Angel Reese was second. I just checked. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with Zach. Um, watching, you had to be there in person, really. I mean, you could watch it on TV, but watching that Maryland team in person, they were just dominant. They took over. They were having fun um, during the Big Ten tournament. Like, it was just ridiculous. They blew out Iowa in the championship game, too. They just handled pretty much every opponent they had besides their first round. They looked a little iffy, but I mean, that's not no real issue. Nebraska's a weird team, and that kind of uh, seemed like it had an effect on Maryland. But they they definitely took it to heart because they played a very good Northwestern team in the second round, and uh, that one was close. It was 27 to 22, and then it was 49 to 24 at halftime. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it was – close and then it wasn't Maryland they just flipped the switch and they can do that yeah I got I for I got them in the final four but I I think um I think uh UConn's gonna win it all that's gonna kind of give to our next I'm gonna ask you guys in a minute about that but Darren do you have anything on any of these other big 10 teams um yeah no I think I think for me Maryland and Iowa to me really I think are two teams because Maryland you know like Zach you talk about they're so deep they have so many they have, you know, they just seemingly have like an endless amount of players that can just go out, get their own shot, can score at will. And I think I, I to me, I, yeah, I would feel pretty confident picking them to make it to the final four based on the way they play. Then Iowa, um, Caitlin, Caitlin Clark is a kind of, you know, is the kind of special scorer that can, you know, no matter what team they go up against, you know, she can just instantly change the outlook of a game just with her play. And I, they, you know, that kind of, that kind of factor for Iowa to have, I think is going to be able to give them a chance versus most everyone. And I think that could also lead them to potentially having a surprise one, but you know, I think, you know, and I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, not zooming the way that she's played all year, I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan's able to, you know, they can, you know, they're winning a couple of games, you know, I mean, all these teams, there's no, again, that's the thing, again, that's the thing about the big 10, both in men's and women's it's like all, like all these teams, they're not bad. Like you could easily see, like, again, like, I won't be shocked if Michigan State wins versus Iowa State and then maybe even steals another game. I won't be shocked if any of them win because just because it's like there there are no bad teams in the Big Ten. Like all these teams are capable of, you know, winning, you know, winning probably a couple games at the very least. So, you know, I won't be – but in, t- in terms of the, in terms of the teams I think have the most potential, I actually think, yeah, Maryland and Iowa I think are both, both teams that can really go on a run. I'm not a huge – I'm not as big on the Iowa bandwagon, I don't think. Iowa, second in the country in scoring behind Maryland, last, dead last, 336th in defense. And as I mentioned before, defense travels. In a tournament like this, you have the score in Clark and Sonano, but 
they don't really have any bench points. I mean, their quarterfinal win over Purdue, four players scored in the entire game. They got 27 from Gabby Marshall, 21 from Clark, and 20 from Sonano, and then I think eight from uh, McKenna Warnock. But those were the only four players that scored. Iowa's not a deep team, and they don't play very strong defense. I think they'll beat Central Michigan, but I just I don't know that I see them making a huge run. Now, if Caitlin Clark gets hot, she could go berserk. I mean, she leads the country in scoring. She can carry them to wins. I just, I don't know. I think Northwestern's a sleeper team. I think they're a very, very dangerous seven seed. With the defense that they have, with Veronica Burton and Lindsey Pulliam, that team can make a run. And so I think they're my team to watch. Along with Michigan, I think that they're going to be better. Nas Hillman is really strong. They did not play well against Northwestern in their quarterfinal game but I think that they're a team that should be fun to watch as well. All right. It'll come down to this final question here. We'll give one more and then we'll sign off in what could potentially be the final Breslin breakdown episode of the season coming next week with a recap. If the Spartans are knocked out, but right before that, UConn or the field. UConn. Give me UConn. UConn 100%. I'll take the Hokies. Why not? So I always hate this question and I know I'm the one that asked it, but, and it's like the same thing with Gonzaga in the field. I have Gonzaga winning the men's tournament, but if somebody had me bet on Gonzaga or the field, I can't bring myself to not take the field. Now UConn's women's basketball is the one team that I would ever consider taking over the field in any tournament, just because they're so dominant. But like, it's a one, it's a single elimination tournament and it's 64 teams. Now with all of that being said, I'm still going to take UConn in this. <laughs> I wouldn't take Gonzaga, even though I have them winning, I wouldn't take Gonzaga over the field, but I will take UConn over the field. Paige Beckers is just phenomenal. And UConn. Now, if Gino is out for a longer period of time, that could make a difference because their head coach tested positive for COVID. He's out for the games this week, but I don't think they're going to really struggle with the two teams they play this week. I mean, UConn's a team that in the first round of tournaments usually wins their first couple of games by 50 points. So don't expect them to be very close this week. But if Gino's out for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight and stuff like that, then you could see something potentially happening. But I'm going to take UConn as well. You guys have any last thoughts going into the tournament? a bold prediction for the Spartans, um, anything with any particular player. Why don't you guys give one bold prediction for this game against Iowa State? I think Eliza Winston and Nia Clown drop 40 combined. Okay. I'm going to go bold and say Nia Clown has 10 points and Eliza Winston has 10 points. Wow. I'm going to go bold and say that if Michigan State wins the game, they will need three players to at least have 20 points or more. And I will have those players be Nia Clowden, Eliza Winston, and in support for the big man, Alicia Smith. I'm going to say Michigan State will get a double-double from Tyre Parks inside. And the Spartans will pick up a victory behind 26 points from Nia Clowden and 14 from Julia Arolt. 
those are very specific numbers and probably not going to happen, but got to love it. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for us here on the Breslin Breakdown for our NCAA tournament preview. We all have UConn, so if UConn gets upset in the first round, come laugh at us. Uh, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter. You know where to find us at WGBM Sports. And we are the Breslin Breakdown. For my co-hosts, Owen Ozas, Manit Patel, and Darren Maydoon, I'm Zach Sardinic. Thanks for listening. Michigan State in action against Iowa State on Monday at 6 p.m. You can hear that game right here on Impact 89 FM.